and hello. I'm Jen and welcome to the Native Jen Podcast. How are you? Hi, this is Jen with the Native Jen Podcast. Today I have Beningwak Jensen. She is a Greenlandic Inuit artist and I will let her also introduce herself because I think she does it beautifully and she's just a amazing human being. My name is Beningwak Lynn Jensen. Um, I'm a traditional practitioner of our traditional markings to Nate. Um, I've been tattooing for 10 years now and I have two beautiful daughters and yeah, that's how I define myself. Wonderful. Thank you. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got started doing traditional tattooing? I started as a Western tattooer, actually, but when I moved back to Greenland, people always wanted something Greenlandic, and I said that doesn't exist. Mm. Um, so, but I made a lot of our about our material heritage, like ulus and dupidex and kayak. So. It started boring me a little to make the same things over and over again. So I started reading in old books to to find new inspiration. Mm-hmm. And then I came across the book about our mummies from Kritakitsok. And I realized, oh my God, they have markings on them. And then a whole new world opened up for me and... The more I learned, the more I learned about myself too. And and for the last six years, I haven't been doing anything else but traditional markings. Mm, That sounds lovely. It's crazy how you, it almost found you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it gave me a lot of answers of who we are as people Mm -hmm. and what I also learned was that it was connecting us stronger and it was feeding something for our spiritual need that we have been missing a lot um, after colonization happened and the seek for belonging. So because we have still so much of who we are as Inuit, and in a world that constantly wants us to be different from who we are and different, needing different things than what we actually need um, mm. in our spirits and as a collective people, that our traditional markings fills a lot of that hunger. Yeah. 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 I mean... For me personally, um, I've never thought about getting a tattoo ever. I mean, my, I think the last time I talked about it, I, I had said that only if God himself comes down and says, I need this tattoo, then I'll get it. 
Um, but being here in Greenland and seeing all of your beautiful tattoos and what they mean and what they signi signify and how I hear how it's, it's moved people, it's connected people, and it has given them, you know, a lot of self-identity, which is needed for, you know, indigenous people. And self-purpose. That's something we really need in our community as our in, as indigenous people we we all need a role to play too especially for our families and for our own community and that's also where the dunnit is because it's a part of the spiritual responsibility a woman has to her community so it puts her in a really sacred place carrying those markings mm. And when people get tattoos from you, it's it's like a ceremony as well, huh? Mm. Yeah, I introduce them to our markings and how it's connected to our spirituality and what intention each marking have. It's our markings are um, amulet patterns, and all of them are to secure surviving and to mm -hmm. find strength or to secure better circumstances for in the hard times that will come. Uh, wow. I'm just realizing that I know so little about it. I mean, just in looking at you, I'm, for our listeners out there, Beninguak has these um, very definite face markings, Inuit tattoo markings in they're very prominent and I love it because you wear it proudly and mm. you know it's in talking to friends about it saying that I was you know I was very excited because I was you know coming to talk to you again because you know we have you know great conversations and um, a connection um, but at the same time I love looking at your tattoos just because it's just it's a reminder that you're just this strong confident you know native woman as we'd say back mm. home like thank you i mean it it takes a lot of process to become ready for your markings too i mean i can carry so many tattoos on my face because i made up with myself why it's it would scare me and it's because of the western beauty standards that have been forced upon us yes and when you learn about these dynamics in indigenous beauty standards and the Western beauty standards, and you decide which makes more most sense to you or what which one you feel more connected to. And because I know the intention of the markings I'm carrying and I have devoted myself to live by those intentions, then nothing can touch me. I don't, that someone else doesn't think it's beautiful, doesn't make me feel less beautiful because it says more about their impacted, how they are impacted by the Western beauty standards. It, it doesn't, it says very, very, very little about me and how I'm feeling about my marking. So I'd never take it personally when someone 
doesn't think it's beautiful because mm. to me they're beautiful and they mean so much to me and what I stand for. So you can't touch this. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Mm. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do people ask you, like, just people on the street ask you about your markings at all? Yeah, um, I, I get that a lot. Um, it really depends on who's asking, because when our own people are asking, I'm really open to have these conversations. But when it's uh, people that doesn't have a connection to our culture, I don't feel it's necessary for me and it's not, I don't feel I'm responsible for their education. So unless there's a purpose for that conversation. You can probably gauge the the, the ignorance maybe of it too. Mm. So yeah, I understand that. Yeah, it really depends. Does it benefit our people if right. that person knows? Right. And if it does, then there's a purpose with this with the with that conversation okay and that that's perfectly understandable yeah especially for you know a, an indigenous woman like myself you know i look very native i have dark skin and i would get people you know like you just stop me and you know the tourist and you're like oh are you greenlandic can i take a picture and Initially, like when I was younger, I used to work in the tourist industry in in Alaska, and I would be all for it. I'm like, yeah, five dollar, take a you know picture <laughs> yeah. with a native. And but now, you know, I always make this decision, like like you say, is it worth it to you know? Do I want to take the time, my time, to educate them, mm. and what are they going to do with that? And you know, a lot of the time, you know, they just want the picture. Which, you know, yeah, it's, it means It nothing. comes from an exotification yeah. place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you've been doing this for how long? Six years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you enjoy doing it for others? Yeah, I mean, it, it fills me up a lot to, to see what it's doing to people. Yeah. I mean, but... I also want to clarify that it's not me bringing the markings back. It's all the woman who claims them because it takes a long process to get to a point where you're ready. Um, you make a lot of questions within yourself and you, because we live in the, in colonized societies with colonial standards and um, you have to you have to think about how it will impact you and how your surroundings will react to those. So there, it, there's a long process before a woman is ready to receive her markings. And then, then the second step is to come to contact a complete stranger to and you you put a lot of responsibility. You have to let go of many things and that can be really scary. So I really admire all the women who who go through that process and let me tattoo them. I mean, I'm just a tool. I'm just helping them with the last step in, in their process of making their markings visible on their skin because most women 
already know what their markings are, but sometimes they, they need reintroduction to, their, to those markings to know what lies behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's where I step in and help them through that process. But it's all the women who are claiming them, who are collectively bringing those markings back. And seeing how they plume in their spirit and in their being. I wish I could do this without getting money from it. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could live and do this without getting any payment for it, but I also have to pay my own bills and yeah. it's taking a lot of time and resources to keep researching and tattoo all these women. So, but it's beautiful to be allowed to be a part of the process. It's beautiful. Mm. It sounds beautiful. And I mean, spoken like a true artist, you know, just, you know, I, I hear a lot of authentic artists that be, I have to get paid for this. And it bothers me So you know, sometimes I have to take money for it. That's the society we live in. You yeah. know, I mean, sometimes, you know, I have a, another friend here. She's a uh, massage therapist and sometimes people can't pay, but they need that help. So, mm. you know, they pay her in fish mm. and then sometimes she'll get too much fish and bring it over to me, which I love. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been doing that too. A woman once paid me with medtech mm. and that was really lovely. And it, 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 if it, if my bills were covered, I really, really wouldn't mind getting paid with food or things that people have made themselves. Yeah. Um, a woman who is doing ceramic, she made cups for me in, in her really own way. And I would pay because she is putting traditional markings on them but she's been holding back because she doesn't want to do patterns she doesn't understand. So she gave me cups and I paid her with knowledge. Mm -hmm. So because I was really interested in, in her art uh, in ceramics and she was interested in knowing more about the markings so she could include that in her work. So we paid each other with our own work that's the way to do it. Yeah. That's the native way. Yeah. Yeah. So another artist who I'm hoping to get on this podcast, Evia Rankel, you know her. Mm. She's absolutely lovely. She is a shaman practitioner, and I also connected with her as well. And you went to see her for your first drum journey recently, yeah. right? Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, I'm very curious. Yeah, it was beautiful. I mean... When she called upon our ancestors, I just saw this fjord for me. And there were a lot of people coming in Umiak. Um, and some of them were singing. I even saw people for me that was appearing from like um, on the mountainside. There can be a lot of rocks that had fallen down as the mountains are crumbling mm -hmm. and even some of, of our ancestors were coming forth from between all those rocks. It was really, wow. um, it was 
really an amazing experience. So she guided me to find my, what do you call, strength animal. Oh, spirit animal. Yeah, yeah. and I sort of always knew because ever since I was small, I would have the same dream of me running around a big rock and there would be a a polar bear running, chasing me. It would breathe me in the neck and I would wake up completely exhausted and all sweating and trying to catch my breath. And I have that dream every time I'm in a place in, in my life where I need to be strong or I have to confront things that I have been denying or so I have made this painting of a woman roaring toward a bear um, and I made that sort of at all the same time that I had that dream so I knew that the polar bear had a special place in my being and in my spirituality so I sort of already knew what was waiting for me. And when we were on the journey, I met all kinds of animals, but the only one that touched me was the bear. It came forward to me and sort of embraced me and put its head toward my head. Mm. And then it took me further to the journey because all the animals, the other animals that I met they sort of disappeared almost immediately i'm sorry i'm going to stop you for a second you don't have to tell me anything that you know you don't you don't want to Mm. tell me at all just so you know and i mean this is your first journey and if you don't want anyone to know about it then we don't i can take it out Mm. i just want to know mainly you know how did it make you feel it settled something in me to connect with the bear yeah. Yeah, and because I've been so afraid afraid of bears. To me a bear is death, but last time we spoke you said something so beautiful that a bear also symbolized a rebirth or renew. Mm-hmm. Um and that was the very case here. It completely changed my energy and view and um, on how I'm seeing the bear because now I feel connected to it. I, I found it. It doesn't symbolize death to me anymore. Mm, that's great how it happened. Yeah. It only took a drum journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now I, um, I always, ever since I carried my necklace and earrings that have bear fur on it mm. um, to remind me of the strength it gives me. I, I, it's really present in my everyday life. Mm, that's wonderful. Mm. And I'm so glad that you, you confronted that fear and you know that obstacle because mm. it seems like you carried it for a very long time. Yeah. And it's healing in a way because you see it differently now. Yeah, but I mean, I have been reflecting a lot about my experience because... I think it has also changed how I am seeing the experience and my dreams because now I don't think 
I think I'm, I have been afraid of it because I wasn't afraid to meet it. Mm-hmm. And now when um, I'm ready for it, it, it didn't kill me. It, it, it embraced me. Yeah, and that's maybe why he was chasing you all yeah, the time. Exactly. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's wonderful. Oh, I'm, I'm hoping to get Evia, um to interview her as well. Mm. Um, she's amazing. She is. Um, so you're in school also, right? Yeah. What are you studying? I'm stu- studying society and history. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's with interest in archaeology. It's my very own agenda because of my research that I'm doing with traditional markings. I'm really focused on ornamentations and archaeological founds because our markings are not only in our skin, it's in everything we have been carrying. Our ancestors are amazing artists and there's a purpose in everything they made. And looking into archaeological found have really opened up to a lot of more information about the markings. Mm. So that's, um, I hope, if I get that far, <laughs> um, to do some, like a master or a PhD in ornamentation. And wow. yeah, I, I would love that. Um, when I was small, I always wanted to be an artist or um, someone who digged out dinosaurs. So I think it's really close to what I imagined I would be when I was small. I'm just digging out our ancestors' equipment other than dinosaurs. Yeah, and yeah. you're you're just essentially seeking knowledge, mm. you know, ancient knowledge. Yeah. And my my cousin, um, she got, I think she got her bachelor's in archaeology. Mm. And I remember back then just thinking, you're getting your degree in digging old stuff up. That yeah. doesn't make sense. But the way she explained it to me, just like you did, was she's like, I am searching for how people did things in the old way, because sometimes mm. that's the answer or a better way than we're doing things now. Mm. And, you know, there's a reason why they were buried in this way mm. um, during this time. And yeah. and sometimes you can, she's like, you can tell a whole history yeah. by finding a person or a thing that symbolizes something greater than all of us. Yeah, exactly. And also, like I said, all the things that we carried and made were fully invented for their purpose and for their way of living don't come don't come to me and tell me we were primitive because it was really high technological things even though it was made out of bones or stones so i think it's learning about our ancestors and their way of living sustainably i think no, I believe that it's something we can learn a lot from today because the way we are living now only gives a short future and we are using more resources than what the earth produces. So and we have like we have a responsibility. I heard in a documentary that I saw lately 
that means that we have a responsibility for the past seven generations and for the next seven generations to come. And I thought that was beautiful and that says a lot about how we should live our life and the purpose and what we're doing. So I really took those words in because I feel like that I that I have been doing that because what I'm doing now, it's basically planting as many good seeds as I can, like writing children's books about our culture and about our markings, because there's so many children growing up seeing their mothers or their aunts carrying those markings. And in the future, they would be the one bringing that knowledge to the next generations. I was a single mom as well for most of my younger waste. And I know I completely get the hardships of being a single mom. Mm. And so what I guess one of my questions is, as a single mom, do you feel like sometimes you don't have your village? You don't have people that can help you? Yeah, both yes and no, because I have my sisters here and my my parents, which gives them a connection to, to their roots. But we also real, uh, live in really busy societies and yeah. I only see them occasionally. But when that happened, it's like we are catching up and all the time we didn't have together. And my oldest especially have a really strong connection to my mother. They have basically been best friends forever. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and my oldest make plans with her behind my back. And she says, <laughs> sometimes she tells me, I'll sleep at uh, Ningyo's. Ningyo today. Oh, okay. Then I'll see you later. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know all about that. Um, but it all, but it is also lonely. It's really yeah, lonely, yeah. especially with my oldest. I didn't have anyone to spare with. Am I doing this right? Is is this the right way for her? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's really. That's, it's a really big responsibility to lift on your own. And especially if it's your first kid, you're, you don't have any tools on how to be a good parent. It's all about surviving. It is surviving and not thriving. Yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah. It was always a question of, am I doing it right? But also, no one tells you. Are you even supposed to ask? Because, Mm. you know, people say it's supposed to come naturally. Yeah. And I understand the loneliness too, Mm. because it's it's paralyzing because you, you know, you want to give the best to your kids. Yes. But you also need to have your own self care. And, you know, a lot of the times you don't get that. Yeah. I remember you carry all, you also carry a lot of guilt. Because you feel you're not 
enough or you're not giving enough because what you wanted for them is so different from what you're actually living and because you want the best because of the love you have for your children and for the things you want them to to have and the circumstances you want to raise them in that chronicle guilt is so heavy and it's so toxic because sometimes it prevents you from being present with them so i had to do a lot of healing and acceptance in order to be a better mother because i realized i needed to be more caring about myself and my feelings and my spirit in order my daughter doesn't benefit anything from me crushing myself inside absolutely yeah i totally unequivocally understand that i mean i you're only as good as how you feel on the Mm. inside and if you don't feel you know that 100 percent or even being present Mm. then how could you be there for them yeah but it's it's mostly up in our head because children are really present and children they see they know everything yeah whether you like it or not they feel it yeah so I think they are more grateful than we think they are. They yeah. are more acceptance. And, and if they're not, they're, it's never a bad thing to have to sit down and talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they understand more and see more and feel more mm-hmm. than we think they are capable of. Absolutely. I agree. People always say that, you know, kids are so resilient. They'll, you know, they'll come through. And when I was a single mom, I was like, I don't want my kid to be resilient. Mm. She shouldn't have to be. That's not her job. Yeah. You know, like all the, you know, as a single mom, you know, you, you're filled with this guilt of, am I doing it right? You know, but at the same time, you're always, you know, you want the best for your kid. But, you know, then there's, you know, society telling you, ah, it's fine. It's, yeah. you know, they'll grow up just fine and like you don't want just fine and they shouldn't have to be resilient yeah. they just need to be kids they need to be happy yeah and i mean they're when they come to a certain age they start reflecting a lot or reflecting themselves and their own experience and others so i have been trying to put as much in her backbone uh, as possible for, because even though she is Inuk, she's really light. And because of the lateral violence we're experiencing among our people, I knew that she would face some things and experiences. So I've been teaching her a lot about being mixed and that doesn't make her less Inuk than others. And I teach her as much as I can about our traditional knowledge and our traditional food, which she loves. Yeah. Mm. I, and 
And she was five years old when I started uh, researching. And my arms are already covered with tattoos. So I, I used her arms to draw uh, markings on her. Really? Yeah, because she didn't have anything on her. And when I looked at all pictures, it, it makes something else when you put it on, on skin. Mm-hmm. So I I would constantly use an eyeliner on on her to the, to recreate the markings that I was seeing and without knowing I I she have learned a lot about how to put markings together the amulet patterns absolutely and one day we were at the swimming hall and there was a woman having markings that wasn't traditional and that was put together in a way that tells you that the one who did that didn't know how to understand the markings and she loudly said mom they look wrong and and i had to sush her but in inside i was so proud that she could tell i mean i i didn't realize she learned by seeing it but it up it's obviously that that happened so she she knows about the markings and she knows about well she knows about the right and wrong way yeah, of doing the markings yeah. obviously that's that's amazing yeah so i'm trying to maintain that knowledge and i hope to teach my youngest too and uh, i think it's valuable that just by watching, she she knows how they are carried. Mm. And I think that's also why I think it's important to pass down traditional knowledge so it's normalized in the worldview. Yes. And so they can find strength in who they are. Especially it's important to teach them their importance for our people and our societies. And that's a role, like that's um, something we have to do collectively. In my work, I don't post information about the markings on social media. I patiently teach the woman I mark so she can pass that information down to her family Mm. and to her children because that connects all of us. We are all interconnected in the knowledge we share. And I don't need to be the one gaining credit for having that information. If she tells it the way she feels it, by the way she was informed by me, it comes from her. Mm. And then she she will pass that down to families, relatives, and children. It's the oral histories. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. Oral knowledge, that's what I'm trying to regained by not posting anything so people who cares them knows and it will start the conversations within ourselves too i think that's the the best way to do it because you know social media can be great and then it can be awful yeah and it can can go either way Mm. so and you know just you being a traditional knew it tattoo artist i mean that just goes along the same lines of you know oral history you're you're just passing down the knowledge yeah 
And that's how, I mean, that's how our people have been doing for forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's and beautiful. Also, I think it's now that I'm studying at the university where, where written knowledge is the only re reliable source, then I think it's beautiful to, to see our own knowledge, way of passing down knowledge is slowly getting reborn or what do you call it reused yeah yeah and yeah. it's there's a movement i guess um or you know just because you know you're regenerating you know old traditional ways of life and mm. and you're getting a lot of um accolades too you know just recognition for your work mm. and recently you were were you in new york i want to say yeah yeah Yeah, I was, um, there were over 300 people across the earth that was nominated for like 50 people who needs to get known. I mean, it's about people, white people are finally understanding there are many ways of doing exploration. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to give acknowledgement to those who do exploration in, in their own way and to open up the horizon of how many possible ways there is. And I was one of the nominees and I got to be one of the last 50 nominees too. And then I was invited for um, to come to New York. Mm, um, okay. It was um, really mixed experience because I can imagine it's so far away from where you come from, and I experienced a lot of a lot of people didn't want it to talk to me because of my facial markings, and and that says a lot about them. Yeah, too. yeah, um, it says a lot. But it was also amazing to to get to experience that. But I, I have to be honest, the acknowledgement wasn't important for me because what was happening in New York, this didn't benefit our people in, in any way. And it's a lot of you have decided and made up with yourself that your work should come from a collective place, then it felt sort of wrong because the knowledge that I carry is not my knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's our knowledge and it's the knowledge from our ancestors. So to me, it was unnecessary, even though it's, it is nice to get a little acknowledgement of all the years you, you used to, yeah. to do your work, but It was too far away or disconnected to our culture and to our people. It was a nice travel, but <laughs> it, it was, was a good experience. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, well, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Thank you, because it's it is nice to get recognition, but mm. also it can seem very displaced mm. because you know you're being acknowledged for something that was already there. Yeah, exactly. You just, just Yeah, and what, I mean, our markings is just a manifestation of what we already have inside. Mm. 
and you're not the one bringing those markings back. And as I said earlier, it's all the woman who claims them. So getting that acknowledgement behalf of our ancestors and the people now, it was missed. It felt misplaced to me. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe even, hmm, dare I say, empty. Hmm. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's an acknowledgement we should have got collectively yeah. and not individually. Absolutely. They should have flew, flew all of us to New York. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all go. Yeah. <laughs> so. And New York is such a, and I've never been, but I've always heard it's just such a rush, rush, you know, done place where people just, you lose yourself there. Mm. I, I was surprised by how organized New York were. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I get lost in Denmark all the time. Me too. And because there's, it's just weird organized. But I never got lost in New York. I knew exactly which street I should go to and which block. That surprised me a lot and that made it a good experience. So I was this little Inuk wandering around New York. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. So I think that was the best part. I got to visit the museum and I saw the meteorite that was stolen from North Greenland. Really? Yeah, I got to touch it and I whispered to it, don't worry, you'll be back one day. No. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, it's so lovely talking to you. I could talk to you all day, I think. Mm. But to wrap up, I just want to say how much I've learned from you already, um, how much I respect you and what you're doing and, you know, keep doing it. You are a... You're a an artist, but more than anything, you're I feel a a spiritual connection to you because you you're you're this portal of you know your ancestors are using you specifically to mm. bring back you know traditional knowledge that's been lost, mm. and even though the road is bumpy and it mm. gets hard, keep going. Thank you. No matter what. Yeah. I'm really stubborn, so I don't think any wall would stop me on my path, on my journey. Mm. Yeah. It's sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's can get a little tiring, but it's seeing all the women, it makes it all worth it. Oh, I'm sure it does. Mm. I'm sure it changes people. It does. It's changing the society because women are the one who carries on the traditions and pass it down to children. So, and it's so strong, even people from other countries have started noticing it. Mm. So it has a big impact on our people and our culture. Yeah, and it's meaningful. It's, people don't know that it's, you know, every marking means something. It's not just a Chinese word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's it's not, I mean, what I'm trying to say is when you see it, you know, I have a sense of pride mm. over it. And I'm not even Inuk, you know, I'm not, you know, Inuit. And, you know, it makes me wonder for myself if, you know, our ancestors had markings. And 
I mean, like I told you before, on one of my drum journeys, I've seen the marking that my ancestors want me to get. And I'm like, like you said, I'm going through the process of, should I get it? I should. And then I kind of have this inner battle. Hmm. Like, is this something I want to look at forever? And I can just hear them say, yes. Yeah, but you're on. not obligated to yeah. have it because you already have it within you. Clearly, you feel it, you see it mm -hmm. before you. You even know where it's placed. And yeah. sometimes that's enough. It is, but I think, I think I'm gonna, I'm going to do it, but it's just a matter of when. Mm. And it'll come. Yeah, it yeah. will come. Well, thank you so much. Mm. I appreciate this. Like I said, I could talk to you all day, but we got stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the Native Gen Podcast. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. If you love the Native Gen podcast, please subscribe and let me know what you think of this episode. Let me know what you think of the podcast. I'd love to hear from you. Take care and remember, stay Native.